Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to welcome Paul Chabot of Conservative Move to the All-American Podcast. Conservative Move provides an incredibly valued service, especially right now, in helping conservatives relocate from liberal states to conservative states. Mr. Chabot is a former U.S. congressional candidate from California who now lives in Texas. He's retired from law enforcement and runs a counterterrorism consulting firm while also saving, serving in the Navy Reserves. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks. Uh, it's great to be with somebody who shares my first name. That way I know I won't forget <laughs> it uh, during the interview. So Paul, thanks for having me. My pleasure. It's great having you here. And I'm really fascinated by your story. It's really intriguing because you found out that living in California, a very liberal state, could be a little bit oppressive and decided to relocate to Texas and start a company that actually helps people do the same thing. If you could speak a little bit about where you were in California, what you were doing and what prompted you to start your company. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I were born and raised in California. Um, I'm now 46, we've got four young kids. And in California, um, you know, I was a first generation Californian. Um, I'm a second generation American on my father's side. Uh, but my uh, parents met in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, their families all fought in World War II and, uh, you know, were patriots. Um, and then my father's side um, navigated down from Canada into New York. And, and um, watching, you know, my parents uh, and hearing their story very young about why they moved to California. They moved to California in the early 70s, in 1973. Um, and back then, the state was a very Republican um, state. We're talking about the state of Nixon, the state of Reagan, um, yes. the state that, that used to have the best schools, uh, the best jobs, uh, the best everything in the country. And so they moved there um, really for what California offered, which was just a, in a tremendous quality of life on a new frontier, if you will. And for the most part, you know, my life in California was pretty phenomenal. I went to relatively good um, schools. I had good mentors, but um, like the cancer of the left, as we've seen, <laughs> they really um, got their tentacles into California. And sure um, it, is, it is shocking to see what, what happened. When people hear California today, they, many may not even realize uh-oh, you broke up for just a minute. Let's just briefly help, help us all understand how California changed and how Democrats, the far left as a cancer, now is impacting many states across this country, including uh, you know, Virginia, where you are, Texas, where I moved to three years ago. And so when we look at, at California, um, and just a, a, a tremendous history behind it, really founded by Americans that were extremely in, independent, they were capitalists. But over time, the Democrats created a, a stronghold there. And what they had did was really push the whole unionization uh, issue. And they bulked up unions that are huge in California, from the California Correctional uh, Peace Officers that run the prisons, to the California Teachers Association, um, to the nurses. They are just it's across the board. Those organizations control politics in California. They fund candidates. They basically decide what ballot propositions get on the ballot and who's going to get elected. And these unions changed from representing their, 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 um, 
their employees to really representing a radical leftist ideology largely funded and pushed by George Soros. And so when you look, for example, at what the LA Teachers Union announced just a few weeks ago, their top priorities as the LA Teachers Union uh, And, and it's shocking to see this because you would think their priority would be to help all of our kids that aren't in school to be able to read, uh, to graduate high school when their literacy rate is so high and their graduation rate is just so poor. But that's not what these unions focus in on. Um, the California Correctional Peace Officers Union, again, endorsed uh, leftist candidates, which go against the police. So we have problems in America, but we can identify how those problems began. The problem for conservatives now is we are just now trying to awaken the sleeping giant, which is the American people to this cancer of the radical left, which has really impacted every major city and every state in the I decided in 2016 that after we lost my congressional race, albeit being the Republican nominee, um, in watching my district that used to be heavily Republican and now heavily Democrat, we accepted the fact that you cannot help people who do not want to help themselves. True. So we all fought there. I was retired law enforcement, still in the military, went to Iraq in 08 and back. But you looked at the local electorate of what we were there surrounded with, given a lot of amazing people, but they're in the minority. We found that so many people had already moved or left that area long before we did. And so we made that hard choice. And when you move from your home state, um, even though we moved to a great state like Texas, a lot of great red states out there, what I want your listeners to understand is that when we leave places that we are from, there's a sadness that is mm -hmm. happening. It's not as if we're leaving with fireworks and, and uh, tremendous happiness. We are literally leaving a place that it might be all we know, but we've watched it turn. And for me, having young kids, it was a real easy choice. It's, I wanna set my children up for success, and I can't do that in a state that now has the worst schools, crime that's out of control, jobs that are not as plentiful as they were, and a radical leftist agenda throughout the entire state that today um, is anti-police, pro-illegal immigration, pro-abortion, just the, the, the back, the backwardness of who we are as Americans is, is, is shocking. So when we leave these places, we are literally packing up with a sadness, but doing it for our kids. But here's the thing, when we land in these red states, like we did in Texas, uh, the grass is truly greener on the other side. When we made that move, we realized that we were not obviously the first ones to do this. <laughs> yeah. My neighbor across the streets from Yucaipa, California, my postman's from Long Beach, the guy at Home Depot's from Anaheim, California, and they're from New York and other states too. What we found was that so many people had already made the move for the exact same reasons that we did. And, and before I get more into the story, I need to help quash um, a rumor. And the thought is that for example, here in Texas, uh, people don't like Californians moving to Texas because they think they're gonna turn Texas blue. What we learned uh, from the Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke uh, uh, 
election in 2018 where Cruz barely pulled that out. When we look at the exit polling data, and I encourage all your listeners, all your viewers to just Google the words Beto Cruz exit polling and look at the data. What the data shows here in Texas is that by a 60 to 40 split, more of those that moved to Texas are voting Republican than Democrats. In fact, in Texas, the challenge was your native Texans more so voted for the Democrat than the Republican. And so what that told us and showed us that even in deep red states like Texas, Tennessee, the challenge isn't those that are moving there. It's your younger college-aged youth voters that are getting indoctrinated throughout colleges across our states and that are voting the complete opposite of the morals and values of their parents that raised them in a state that allowed their children to thrive and their parents to survive and thrive under those conservative you know, principles. So that's a that, really that's Yeah, that's amazing. And that's a very important um, point that you're making because yes, we have all been under the impression that it is the natives to the state of Texas who are the most conservative. But of course, we do know that indoctrination has been occurring over a generation or two. And now you have all the young people growing up who see socialism or progressivism as their ideal. And it's kind of shocking to me that um, you point out this little fact, because I'm wondering when you look at the conservatives who are moving into Texas, what age group are they, these, these conservatives who are relocating, what age group are they in? Yeah, so to get into that, I'll give you the background of the company and then lead into the stats of what we're seeing. I think it'll be helpful to sure. get a broad picture because everything has happened so fast um, with this. So um, we then in 2017, shortly after living here and realizing so many people moved to Texas for the same reasons we did, we then created a company called Conservative Move. And, and, and as you pointed out in your intro, it, it does. It, it helps clients move out of blue states to red states. One little small public radio station out in California picked up on this based on one of my tweets or a Facebook post. But once they picked up on that, then the LA Times picked up on it and um, Fox News and Fox Business and CNN. And, and, and over the years now, we've had um, international media fly into Texas to interview us about the company because we not only help people move out of, say, California to, to Texas, we're working now in 40 states with hundreds of real estate agents that are part of our network, helping people move out of New York, um, Illinois, Washington, Oregon, California, to places like uh, Texas, Tennessee, Idaho, South Carolina, Florida, among others. And Fantastic. it's really, it's, it's grown, it's grown tremendously. And then to, now to answer your question, most of our clients, most of them are um, families, with young children and they all share the same sense. They're all natives of New York, natives of Oregon, Washington, California, Illinois. And they can relate to our story as a family because they've seen us or they've Googled, you know, leaving a blue state and they come across one of our YouTube videos and they can relate to us as a young family doing it because the focus is always about the next generation. How do we want our kids to be able to, to do well, give them the right footing to succeed. And so our clients are middle-class, young kids, um, making this leap of faith. Then the other segment are your retirees, those who are, have finally hit that retirement mark and they can now leave that state and go somewhere else. 
in many of these states, for example, like Cal like uh, Texas, we don't tax your retirement. We don't have a state income tax. Our gallon of gas is like 176. But in California, for example, huge taxes up to $4 a gallon for gas. The schools are horrible and you are paying out the nose for almost every single thing that you do. In California now to register a new car could cost you 800 bucks. Here in Texas, no matter how new or old it is, it's like $76. So quite the distinction. Yeah, so when you're when you're when you have a family in California, the sad thing is both parents have to work full-time jobs, maybe a side job, just a hustle to be able to make ends meet. And then you're stuck in freeway traffic in California. And then by the time you get home, it's so late. You go you go home, you lift up your garage, you drive in, you close the door, you go to bed, you get up at 5 a.m. to fight the traffic to do that madness all over again. And all your neighbors are doing the same thing. Nobody knows anybody. You're just trying to you know, survive. But in these lower cost states like those we mentioned, you can actually get by on a single family income. And you have to yes. worry about the madness of traffic. I know who my neighbors are, Paul. When we moved here, my neighbors all around us brought us baked goods to our door. Now, look, that's phenomenal. But where I come from in California, you don't take baked goods from strangers. You don't know what, the, what they put in it. But no, you don't look at another stranger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but out here, when clients visit us, you know, they go to our website, they, they register, they might fly out to meet us or fly out to Tennessee, meet with our lead agent there. It's always the same thing that when they come, there's a sense of sadness initially, but when they get here, they go, everybody is so friendly. How can I get here? What, what can I do? How can we make this happen? And so what you're seeing is not only is this first phase of these younger middle-class families making the move, Paul, but here's what's phenomenal is once they make the move, all their friends back home in California, New York, wherever it is, it's been on most of their minds too. It's just they haven't pulled the trigger. But when they see a friend or family member do it, man, they are all following. It's like a pioneer on their street that's leaving this liberal leftist area and they're showing others there's a better way of life. And so there's this huge migration out. Just to give you an idea how, how busy the movers are across this country, just for fun, if you were to go and, and Look at how much it costs to rent a U-Haul, say, going from Texas to California. See how cheap it is? But look how expensive it is to rent a U-Haul coming out of California to Texas. It's a supply and demand. And that's happening in all of these blue states. Uh, many of them are losing populations. They're going to lose some congressional seats. California, New York are going to lose some. Looks like Texas might pick up two. Florida might pick up one. And once those new residents move to these states, what we encourage them to do is to get involved, to get involved in the local conservative efforts, to tell their story. Because in these red states, you certainly have liberals, which are a problem pushing the agenda, but you've got a lot of really good-hearted conservatives that don't know yet how to fight this. And or so- how bad it might be in other places. How bad it Right. So you've got to look at yourself as a Paul Revere. You're coming in and you're literally, you know, with your horse going down the street saying, wake up, wake up. This is what's coming. And we've got to rally. And so what we can do to help push back in these states is tell our stories, is explain to the independents or the moderates or those that don't identify with the party to show them what liberals do to cities. Yes. And, and and there's no better example today than to look at the riots that are happening from Minneapolis to Portland to Seattle. 
uh, and then also look at the high crime rates in those cities and look at the businesses that are fleeing those cities. If you live in any city where your council majority is defund the police or your state is anti-police by bills or propositions they're moving forward, it's time to leave because it's not going to get any better there. Smart people are getting out when they can and others that are waiting for their retirement are planning now to make that move. Well, I have a question about that because we're also seeing lots of liberals moving out of those places and moving to places like Texas or Idaho, et cetera. So are you competing with those outflows of liberals who, for some reason, they love socialism so much, but then they want to move somewhere like Texas or Tennessee? Yeah, it, it, it happens. And if we stick with the exit polling data, we know, you know, 40% of those are moving are going to be Democrats in Texas. Thankfully, Republicans outnumber them. What's interesting, though, is the Texas Republican Party um, had a press release, and I, I wish I could cite it accurately here with you. So I'll just sort of give you what I recollect from that, was that many Democrats that move here from other states will vote uh, Democrat uh, in their next opportunity to vote in a red state like Texas. But the longer that they have been here, the greater the odds or chances of them voting Republican because they begin to see and experience and understand what it's like. And most of these issues are pocketbook issues. If they're paying a buck 76 here and they saw what they did in California with raising the gas tax, mm-hmm. most of these issues are pocketbook fiscally conservative issues. And so again, that's where I then depend on our Republican state party to understand and to message correctly and to educate and inform. We don't need to create necessarily new commercials or advertising. The Democrats are doing that for free for us. We just have to record <laughs> a screen of what's, what, what they do to a city and just show that to voters. You've got, you got two clear choices. You have two well, that's true. I, I'm pretty amazed by the fact, though, that you see these people move and over time they start to vote for the conservative. That's pretty interesting. Do you know what that timeline looks like? I, I don't, other than to recall um, the Texas GOP press release that uh, it's been a few months since I read it. Um, it wasn't long after their first cycle of voting, but let's say their second or third cycle into, into, into a voting cycle here in Texas, which could be two to three years, um, they, they do. But what's also interesting to remember is Texas was also a, a blue state um, and I say blue and that that was only 20 years ago. True. But blue back then meant, or Democrat back then meant something completely different Quite. than what it means today. And so we need to do a better job in our party of laying out the Democrat party for what they are. They are the party of, of, of KKK. They are the party of segregation. They are the radical leftist par- party that today is burning Bibles in the streets of Portland. They are anti-police. They are the, the, the epitome of what we don't want in our community. So we have the right messaging and we also have right on our side, which is incredible to feel because that's where we draw our, our personal emotion to go into this battle every single day. But what we must do a better job is helping our local activists work together and communicate more louder than the Democrats are doing. Now, given the Democrats or the liberals today are largely funded uh, by Soros money across this country, busing in people. Uh, Act Blue right now 
is a major fundraising fund mechanism that the Democrat Party has been using for six to seven years to help uh, collectively fundraise lots of money for Democrats to win office. Uh, when I ran, there was no Act Red, and there still is not. And I was banging the drum asking House Leader McCarthy and others saying, how can I compete as a local grassroots Republican candidate, you know, raising small dollar donors from coffees, doing it the old fashioned American way, when I've got the Democrat Party bringing in Biden and Clinton, but using a fundraising mechanism called Act Blue, where they can raise money all around the country, and our Republican Party has failed to provide those basic tools for our candidates across this country. And still today, we are so far behind. And so uh, credit, we got to give credit to the Democrats or the liberals for how well they have self-organized and funded their radical agenda. We've got to respect the process and how they did that so we can feel a little bit of shame and neglect and make sure that our Republican leaders who are in Congress today, and many of them are just cowards. They aren't saying anything. They're not standing up. They're afraid, which, which boggles my mind because we're on the right issues. We must demand louder that if they are not going to fight and speak up for America, then we've got to get somebody else in there who, who will do it. We can't expect Trump to do it by himself. We should be seeing every single member of Congress who's a Republican out there, not just giving press releases or platitudes or a Facebook post, but act, actively engaging in their community. Something we did here in McKinney, Texas, three days ago was we, we have a Facebook group. It's called McKinney Conservatives. Uh, we've grown to 893 people as of this morning. A little Facebook group. We then used a Christian-based um, fundraising tool, which is the opposite of GoFundMe. Uh, it's called uh, Give, Send, Go. And we raised over $2,000 from locals here in our small, in our city of McKinney. And we worked with a local business and we ensured that every single police officer and dispatcher in our city received a catered, individually wrapped meal from a local business. And we went out there to the police headquarters. We organized a rally. We had CBS DFW News come out and, and air that. And then we took that event to educate um, Texans and McKinney residents that we as conservatives, we love our police, we stand by our police, but here's what's more important that we did, Paul. We invited everybody in the community to come join us. We didn't care what political party affiliation you were. We wanted them to see what we stand for as conservatives, waving the flag, standing with our men and women in uniform. And so I encourage your listeners, this is an easy thing to do. And uh, take the high road with this. Um, create your, your local Facebook group for your town or your city if you don't have one already. Go create a Give, Send, Go account. Ask everybody to chip in. You know, we asked like $9.11 for 9-11, you know, or $17.76, whatever it is. Find a local restaurant. Our local restaurant provided an $8, charged us $8 catered individually packed meal. That way you're helping the local business also. And then yeah, reach out to your local really police department and say, well, we're going to come out next week on this date. And then go to Dollar Tree, save some money or wherever you want to go. We bought um, poster board and signs. We picked up balloons. We showed up, there's a tremendous event. And uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what we can do. And, and now other people are beginning to do that here in North Texas. So that's mm -hmm. what I encourage folks to do as one example to, to really get out there and get involved. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And acting locally and setting an example, I think, is extremely powerful. And I'm wondering if that has won you any converts, whether in Texas or from elsewhere. You know, there's the walkaway movement that the Democrats have right now, or that former Democrats have, and they're getting people to leave the party because they're seeing it for the radical uh, nature that it has. Are you seeing liberals contact you or converted former liberals, et cetera? You know, not yet, but I will say that I have a number of friends that are old school blue dog Democrats um, that like, that are, are liking my posts on this. And um, I can relate to most of them mm-hmm. in a sense because they are the Kennedy generation era where they remember what Kennedy said. And I'll tell you what, Kennedy would never get a nomination today by the radical leftist party, right? I mean, he just, he just wouldn't. So we do have an opportunity here in our Republican Party. Maybe we don't focus on these, uh, these extreme youth organizations. In fact, right now, I think it's a waste of time. What we focus in on are the, are, are the more seasoned, older school, Kennedy, even Clinton era Democrats. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see any way that they can rationally align themselves with what's happening today with their party. I, I, ju- I just don't. So with our limited resources, I think that's where we focus. We focus on the independents, the old school blue dog Democrats, and many of them do convert. And we do see them converting. Now, Hannity's had some phenomenal people on his show, former Democrats, current Democrats that are going to vote for Trump because they're just, they, they can't look at this movement that's happening today and say, that's good for America. Yeah, they're getting pulled way too far to the left. And you're making a good point about the Clinton era Democrats too. And I assume you're talking about the Bill Clinton era from the 90s, because people have to realize when Bill Clinton became president, a lot of people thought he was a conservative and in many ways he was. And he called out radical speech by the left when he was running for president. So I think that gets kind of lost in the mix with... Um, Hillary Clinton coming along later, and they're kind of latching onto the progressive movement. What do you think? No, I think you're right. And, you know, full disclosure, I was a presidential management fellow out of grad school, worked in the White House in both the Clinton and the Bush administration, albeit as a Republican. And I went to work in the Clinton White House as a Republican, they knew this, um, working on their law enforcement and, and uh, anti-drug programs. And so what's important to remember about the Clinton administration back then is that they were all for putting 100,000 more police officers on the street. Can right. you imagine that happening today with the Democrat Party? No way. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. And here was the other thing that the Clinton administration um, um, helped work with Republicans on. A lot of good bipartisan support in the whole welfare to work program. That's you correct. Know? Yes. Those are yes. two really important pillars that, um, that we can use today to talk to those Democrats to say, you know, we all work together on these bipartisan issues that made sense. Um, but the, the Republican Party today, we, it's not us that needs to meet the Democrats anymore, right? The Democrats have gone so far to the left that they're, it's not about us meeting them. No, not at all. It's about us standing where we are and talking louder about who we are and bringing all of those to us who want to join us, while at the same time shining a bright spotlight on that cancer, showing everybody exactly what the liberals in America are doing today. And again, I don't think there could be a better time in American history that I've been alive to show the difference 
the, the, of values between our two parties. Uh, Daily Wire's got a story up today talking about in Portland last night, how they are literally burning Bibles. They brought Bibles and they're burning Bibles in the streets. Yeah, um, saw that. I... I see, I, I see, I read that, I'm infuriated, I repost that, and I can't help but, but, but sense to myself, Paul, that um, Satan, evil, has totally taken over the left. It is as if Satan has this huge marching army that is growing in this country and across the world with the beliefs of what George Soros has been pushing and peddling for 30 years in this country. And there is this massive mentality of groupthink that are sucking in America's youth. Oh boy, is there ever. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm curious about something because like you said, it can't get more obvious than right now, but you mentioned earlier that you were having some problem getting Republican leadership to help address the shortcomings of getting the message out. So what is the response you get when you ask leadership for help? I can't imagine why they would back off, especially now, because it is so in your face. What's the message you're getting? Yeah, well, um, here's what I think I've learned in life, and you've learned this in the military. I mean, you and I, uh, we didn't do the job for the money. You know, we did it for the right reasons. And in our party, we need to identify those that share that same belief that we're not doing this for a paycheck or to get on a TV show. We're doing it out of love of country, but it also requires tremendous internal courage because we will be attacked relentlessly. But I'll tell you what I've learned in this, and I've been fighting this fight for 20 years, that certainly, you know, I will get attacked but as long as we don't give in and I don't give in, I don't give an inch and I will punch right back for the most part, they leave me alone. And I'm, but, but you know what? I'm not leaving them alone. I go right at them. The thing is with the left is when they sense weakness, any weakness, it's like blood in the water to sharks. Yes. They will keep going. When you look at what they're doing to their own party leaders, the mayor in Minneapolis or the mayor in, in Portland or Seattle, when these mayors go out there to march with them, and then they're asked these questions and the mayors begin to waffle on this or do that, even though they themselves are leftists, the crowd begins to eat them as well. And what I have seen from this is so true in life that you can't give in, uh, you can't, we cannot give in. And number two, you've got to stand up. And number three, when you stand up, you've got to swing hard and, and it's like a bully. Like my grandmother taught me, this is a simple lesson that I apply to politics. Um, when I was young and in, in middle school, I was getting picked on uh, quite often uh, by this big kid. And uh, my grandma heard me uh, telling a friend about this uh, on our home phone. I didn't know she was listening. And uh, after I got off the phone, she pulled me aside and she said, you know, Paul, um, tomorrow when you go to school, if that bully won't leave you alone, I want you to punch him as hard as you can in the nose so that he knows <laughs> so that he knows you mean business. Don't give him a little wussy tap in the shoulder <laughs> that you, you swing as hard as you can and you go right to knock him down. And I you know, hadn't really been in many fights up to that point, but I went to school that next day. And again, that bully would not leave me alone. I was cornered. Others were kind of watching and laughing. And 
man, you know what I did? Yeah, I, I did what my grandma told me to do. I, went up, I knocked <laughs> this kid so damn hard. Uh, you know, and look, I'm not advocating violence, but I, I will tell you this, that after I knocked him down, uh, that kid left me alone, left everybody else alone. Yeah. Nobody was laughing. And that is how I have approached life. I'm not out there looking to bully or to fight anybody, but if there's injustice, you cannot give an inch of your values or your morals to evil. You can do that with a good person. I can sit and have a negotiation with many people, right? We can give and take in a conversation, but you can't do that with evil because there is no, there is no in it for them other than to take over who you are and what you are. So when you yes. stand up and fight and you knock them down as hard as you can, they know you mean business. But Paul, here's the next phase of this that, that we sort of forget is that they might have, they might leave me alone, but they're going to go find somebody else or something. Yeah. Else. yeah. And, and that's where we depend on our, our Republican leaders who are failing today to, to, to not only show us how, how to fight, to lead by example, uh, but to communicate to our masses how we must work together unified front with no negotiation, but to continue to slam this leftist radical ideology into the ground until it no longer exists in America. So you don't have confidence much right now, it seems, because you think the people have gotten too comfortable um, they're basically just seeking the easy way out and to get reelected without standing for the principles and values that we want them to stand for. Is that a fair characterization? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I ran for Congress, um, I went back to DC and there were some really good people there and there are a lot of good people, um, but they just don't belong there. You know, mm -hmm. if, if they can't fight, if they can't get out there and, 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 and really speak the issues and be direct if they're more worried about a donor or a fundraiser or offending somebody or having protesters show up at their office or their house, they need to retire. Yeah, they, need they to become retire. part of the system. Yep, yep, because we, we don't fight wars like that. If we fought wars like that, Paul, we would be conquered by Japan and Germany and everybody else. You know, we need warriors right now, and that is who we need in office. And yeah. Everybody else needs to just go home. You know what, we're not saying you're a bad person. We're just saying you're not fit to do that job right now. Yeah, and that's what the people are demanding right now. I mean, you could probably count on your hand the number of uh, people in Republican leadership who actually walk the walk right now. And it, it's troubling that so many are just flying low under the radar when right now it would be so easy to speak out against the lunacy, but it just isn't happening. No, it's not. I will say we have some really good organizations out there that, that have the right messaging. I think they're, they're trying, but from a unified perspective, um, we need to do better. Um, AFA, American Family Association, Heritage, um, you know, there's some really good organizations out there, National Right to Life. Um, but I, I think that this requires higher level leadership and coordination um, mm -hmm. from, our, from Senator McConnell, Leader McCarthy, uh, and, and others, and to take the fight to the field and put it all out there. Because when America mm -hmm. sees what we're fighting against, they're gonna rally with us. America loves a winner, and we're on the right side of these issues every single time. Absolutely true. Now, let's shift a little bit about to the process of getting involved with your company and how your service works. Let's say, um, 
you know, sitting in New York City and I think, boy, I'm really tired of this craziness and I want to move to Tennessee. What, what would I do and how could you help me? Yeah, absolutely. So the first step is, and by the way, we have two different websites. If you're law enforcement, uh, please go to lawenforcementmove.com. Uh, we have a different database where we uh, sensitize all those law enforcement officers information in a different pod uh, to protect it from um, any kind of crossover with our civilian database. And then our, our civilian side is conservativemove.com. Again, both data banks are protected. We just compartmentalize. So law enforcement, military, uh, please consider going to law enforcement move. For all others, go to conservativemove.com. And on there, the, the very first step is filling out a contact form or sign up form at the very top of that page. There's going to be a number of questions that are going to be asked of you to fill out. And it goes over certain things. Like, where do you live now? What state or states are you looking at? And then there's also opportunities to post additional information about things that might be going on with you or your life that you'd like for us to know about. When you hit send on that, it comes right to our team, uh, our team's inbox, and we evaluate every single one of those that come in. And let's just say like you're very specific. You say, look, I'm in, I'm in Virginia and I want to move to Tennessee and that's it. Well, that's awesome because that then makes it very simple for us. Um, uh, Chris is our lead agent in Tennessee. And the reason why I think we're successful is because we don't manage everything from Texas. We have lead agents for every state that know their state like the back of their hand. So Tennessee, mm -hmm. for example, is Chris Sanders. And Chris then would be the one who would receive your information to help schedule a time to talk. If you were to come to visit, you'd meet with him. But here's the other thing. Our lead agent can't cover the entire state. So they then have a team of agents under them that geographically cover all these different areas within the state. So you're really getting somebody, as we say in the military, boots on the ground who knows the schools, the public safety, the job environment, the women's Republican clubs, which, oh, by the way, hats off to them because the women Republican groups are far better organized than any of us men groups are, by the way. So <laughs> I, I belong to the women's Republican group out here. So does my wife. I, side note, please join them. They're, they're awesome. But, um, and then, you know, you, you put together your timetable and then our agent works with you. There's no fee. There's no cost uh, for you in this process at all. Um, if you have a home to sell, you don't have to have them. If you've got a home to sell where you're moving from, uh, and you'd like to work with a conservative move agent, these are our vetted agents that are part of our network, we'll uh, introduce you to the, the, the lead agent for your area to meet with to set up a timetable, and that way they can work with the other agent in Tennessee to coordinate a seamless process in selling your home in the blue state and buying in a red state. Uh, we also have a recruiter on board. If you're looking for employment, uh, Lindell is our national recruiter to provide some advice. Amazing. Some guidance. That's great. Yeah, yep. And look, full disclosure, what we found is, especially in today's times, most employers really want you to be in that state. So um, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but I do want to be direct and honest that the feedback we're receiving right now is that it's much better to be in that state. And, that, and that's not easy, right? How do, you, how do you move from one state to another when you don't have a job? Many mm -hmm. people can now work from home, find other ways to work. And of course, this goes for the, 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 the folks that are still working, not the retirees. But, um, and there's a lot of job boards out there as well, but there's too much in flux right now for me to, to give you or your listeners any false sense of confidence that this is a smooth process in finding employment right now. And I just want to be clear about that. Is that because it's a challenging time with COVID-19 or do you just see that 
did you see that even before the whole pandemic issue? Yeah, no, before the pandemic, it was fairly easy, fairly state, straightforward. Uh, everybody was hiring across the board. Economy was on fire, booming. Right now, there's a lot more um, kind of a wait and see approach, mm -hmm. uh, if you will, within certain industries. Some are doing really well, um, like engineers are needed all over the place. Teachers are still needed. Hey, police officers are needed. Every department's hiring, right? So, um, Except for uh, Minneapolis and Seattle. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about those ones. Exactly. So um, there, you also got to look at the certain career fields or, or aspects. But here's the other thing to consider. Um, you know, even though you might want to move to a red state, we always caution everybody to stay away from the big, big cities. Even mm -hmm. in Tennessee to Texas to Idaho, every big city is a train wreck. Boise is yep. run by Democrats, you know, Nashville's a Democrat problem. Here in Texas, we've got Austin, which is like a baby San Francisco. But the suburbs around these areas are hugely conservative. And many of the corporations are no longer only or, or singly looking to establish themselves in the big cities. They're actually looking outside of these cities to give oh, you an interesting. idea. Yeah, out here in Collin County, uh, which is where I live in North Texas, County has about a million people, but the Dallas Cowboys moved their headquarters here. PGA headquarters is moving their headquarters here. Um, so we don't want everybody to think that you actually have to be in the city um, to find that, that dream job. Many of these Fortune 500 companies are actually relocating to other areas that are not in the big cities today. Yeah, I had no idea that that was the case because you always send about think about the population centers. So it looks like they're kind of fed up with the madness as well, and they don't think that they can get their human or other resources protected if they move into the big cities. Is that what you're saying? And it's just more expensive. And look, yeah. the big cities, like for example, Dallas, they have five taxing entities. We have three. Uh, in Dallas, you know, you've got a higher crime rate than you do where we are. Uh, you've got Democrats that are in control. And you've also got to look at who the DA is. This is something we've never had to discuss before. Great point. Great point. You made me think of the McCloskeys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you might live in a red state, uh, but if you live in a red state in a blue county, if you've got a George Soros funded DA, and by the way, you got to follow that guy's money. He's not just funding, you know, presidential and House and Senate races. He's got a huge investment in flipping DA races and who they're putting in are anti-police, pro-drug, pro-radical leftists that are anything but pro-law enforcement. So you've got to look at who the DA is in that county because someday you might have to defend your life or your home and you've done everything right according to the constitution, local law, but that local DA probably doesn't care. You know, we yeah. saw what they did exactly with the McCluskeys and, and, and others or the, the, the police officer uh, in Atlanta. You know, I yeah. mean, look, I'm retired law enforcement. I would have pulled the trigger and shot that guy too. Any, any reasonable police officer would have done the same thing within that split second, seeing a yes. weapon turned on you and then fired. So yeah. I look at it this way. That officer could have been me. And that bothers me because he is being, un, he is being hung out to dry by a leftist DA in a red state, in a sense. So... Yeah, I, I, I can't believe we're at the place where if you live in the wrong place, you will be prosecuted for defending yourself, right. especially in a state like Missouri, where they have strong castle doctrine law, right. and the DA completely disregards it and says, don't care. 
Yeah. And by the way, we're going to manipulate your firearm to make it look like it was, <laughs> I yeah. mean, this is, this is criminal. Yeah, it, it is, but it's not criminal in their mind. It's, it, it's to them, it's, it's acceptable, which is frightening because look, they don't love, what we have to accept is a sad fact that they don't love America. They don't love our country. They, That's they, true. They, they truly don't. They, they don't. They want to transform it. Yeah. They see our country as some sort of territory to turn into their own land of un-Americanism that goes back to some kind of just sinister nature. I, I say, imagine if all these people, you know, imagine if all these people were around uh, when Pearl Harbor was attacked or we needed them to storm the beaches of Normandy. Would they have done it? Could we have counted on them? And what if we had these Democrat leaders today in charge of our country during World War II? I guarantee you, Paul, we'd be speaking Japanese or German today. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So, so when people do contact you to go through this process, how long does it normally take? Well, it can happen as quick as 30 days. Uh, and we do have some of those. Or we wow. have some that are on a three-year plan uh, just because they're timing it towards their retirement. You have some, um, like right now, uh, I was on Fox Business News last week and I had a chance to briefly talk about a police officer and his family that uh, visited us from California and they were here and they immediately uh, bought a house. Um, but he's not going to retire for three more years it, working in, in uh, California. So he is going to live back there uh, and, and work, you know, six, seven days straight um, till he can retire in three years while his family and kids are out here safe. And Paul, I'll tell you what, when I heard that, it reminded me of being in the military, of going to Iraq. Like I'm leaving my family, you know, to go, to go fight, uh, to do the job I was to do, but to make sure that my wife and kids uh, have a strong future. And that's what this cop is doing. And so even though some folks are retiring, they're still finding ways to uh, get their families away if it is if it, it is at all feasible uh for, for them to do so look the exodus right now is just massive paul if you look at even san francisco very leftist city you have more people moving out than you have moving in mm -hmm. um, to that area and we truly have a hard time keeping up with the demand we do virtually no advertising it is just word of mouth or finding us on online when people are frustrated at home typing into the search bar you know, how do I get out of this blue state? Or how do I get out of here? And just pops up. And so much of our time, though, honestly, Paul, is we feel like we're, we're, we're counselors, uh, but in a good sense. I don't mean that in a derogatory mm -hmm. sense. Understood. Many people call, mm -hmm. they, are, they are crying. Um, we have spouses wow. of police officers that call us and their kids can't play on their street anymore because the other kids in the neighborhood know that their dad's a cop and now the kids are getting made fun of or bullied. And that, that breaks me because that's happening in, in America. So we will spend, we never disconnect the call. We will spend all that time talking because what we do is certainly a business for a capitalist idea. That's what we do in America. But we also have a heart and we're conservative. So we, we bring both aspects to that in our business. And many clients, honestly, um, you know, we don't make money because they have an apartment and they're going to move to rent another apartment. And we're just happy to get them from one state to another. And so there's also a community service aspect of what we do in that sense. Well, I mean, it really is a great service you're providing. And I know it's providing a lot of people with significant relief. 
And I did want to touch a little bit also on the fact that you do webinars periodically as well. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, can you talk a little bit about the webinars you do and what the purpose is? Right. So since COVID and a lot of people aren't traveling or can't travel as much, we decided to take our what we call our weekenders that we would do where people would fly out to visit with us in various regions to explore the area to now do them simply online. Obviously, we always encourage you to come out and visit us. We'll make the time. But what we're finding is that much like we're doing this interview, people are becoming much more comfortable on Zoom or Skype or using these platforms that on our website right now, conservativemove.com, um, you can register to, and it's for free, um, to observe and chat in to a, a presentation where we basically tell you everything we would tell you in person, but we do it over, over the, um, the internet. And so last week we did one for Idaho. Coming up, we have one for Texas and Tennessee. We're gonna do another one for Idaho in September. We'll add some more states in. But how, how it works, it's about an hour long, and the first 20 to 30 minutes is a presentation by the lead agent for that state, sharing on their screen with you of a PowerPoint, showing you all kinds of things about images of the region, the weather, going over taxes, veteran benefits, what the houses look like, just a whole wide range of issues. And then at the end, um, we ask people to uh, chat in their questions. Now, for confidentiality purposes, nobody knows um, who's watching, who's asking the question. They can't see it, anybody else. They can only see myself and the other lead agent. So I will read those questions to the state lead agent, and then they will, they will answer them. And it always goes right up until the hour, every single, every single time. And so it's free. If you go to our website, conservativemove.com, you can register today and uh, let your friends and family know. We're here to help and give us your ideas and feedback as we grow uh, the online presence as well. Well, we definitely want to encourage all of our listeners to go check out Conservative Move. Mr. Paul Chabot is providing you all with a great service, and he's removing a lot of the mystery from relocation by providing this service. So everyone give him a look and sign up for his webinars, and I know he'd be happy to help you out if you're in need. Uh, Paul, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank you very much for your time. I find your story very fascinating, and I think you're doing wonderful things for the conservative community. And I hope to have you back and maybe we can get some updates on a few things from time to time. Uh, Callan and Paul, I really appreciate it to be with you and your listeners. God bless you. Uh, better days are ahead for this country. Uh, we're gonna fight and we're gonna, we're gonna keep her red. We got a lot of work to do, so we're all gonna keep the faith together. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you and have a good afternoon. Thank you.